Hey, and welcome to the latest issue of the Three Old Geeks podcast. I am joined once again by the characters from Central Casting. First of all, the evil genius, the keeper of the inner sanctum, and the numbers guy, Keith of Keith Comics. Keith, how are you? Good, but I'm an independent contractor. I'm not part of whatever you said. <laughs> Central Casting. <laughs> That's it. You're fired. And of Yay! course... The man with a hole in his collection, and who is always wrong, the dirty old geek. And the pictures guy, Brian, needs one. Brian, how are you? Wonderful. What happened to Clown Prince Collecting? I haven't used that one in a long time. It's probably because you haven't been as bit. funny lately. Oh. There you go. Okay, bitch. Oh, this is good. We're jumping off to a good start. All right, well, my name is Lance. I am, of course, the world's oldest kid sidekick. I am the words guy. And I had tried singing once back in Berlin. They threw tomatoes. After the show, I had a nice salad. Welcome to another issue! So, Brian, I, not that I care, but do you have any news? <laughs> wow. Man. What, you guys are the only ones who could be in a bad mood every once in a while and have low energy and just hate everything and, and stuff? That doesn't sound like me. It's tough. Stuff. <laughs> Yeah, we had a couple big trailers drop this week. We uh, did? Yeah. Oh, Jurassic wow. World uh, Dominion. Huh. Another one? Uh, the exciting news there, and I'm sure everybody already knows this, I did not, however, is the original cast is coming back. Sam oh, Neill, wow. Laura Dern, oh, Jeff wow. Goldblum. Cool. Uh, also Chris Pine and Bryce Dallas Howard. They're bringing in two of the um, scientists, the young scientists that were in the last movie. That were on her like team, okay. Um, which were the two I liked, so yay on them for actually following through. Yeah, and this time it's uh, the dinosaurs, which were let free, uh, are now doing what dinosaurs do. You know, they're just wandering, teaming up and <laughs> fighting ninjas. <laughs> well, there's that. There's a lot of ninja fighting in Jurassic World this time, uh, but they're wandering, and so. They said that the um, the original cast's <clears throat> roles were not insignificant, so expect to see some screen time from them, oh, which cool. I'm excited about. No, that, that actually, yeah, that, I didn't see this, this out of the new batch. I saw the first one. I didn't see the second one because I heard it wasn't that good, but this is kind of inspiring me to kind of come up, come up back around and watch the whole thing. The last one, they, of course, release all the dinosaurs into the, uh, I believe it's Oregon forests, and so the dinosaurs start wandering and doing what dinosaurs do. They just wander. Looks cool as shit. It does. It looks cool as shit. So I'm excited about that. The other one was uh, Netflix He-Man. Oh, dude, I did watch the trailer on that. <laughs> Not that I was ever that much of a He-Man fan back in the day. I was a little too old. Uh-huh. But, dude. Yeah. It's... This looks like it rocks. It, it, it looks like everybody who ever wanted that high-action... You know, sword and sorcery He-Man story. This is it, dude. Uh, mixed with fucking anime. Yeah, so it's, it, uh, it, it, it. I watched it this morning. So it's not it, live action. No, oh. it is not it is, live. Isn't action. Kevin Smith like an executive producer or something? Oh, like I didn't that? see that. So okay. it could be very much. But yeah, very, it was. It was crazy. Yeah, and, and Skeletor actually had like a scary voice. Yes. Uh, given the last couple of remakes of uh, Thundercats and She-Ra, which were fucking terrible, fucking terrible. Let's do Teen Titans Go for those. Uh, which worked, by the way, for Teen Titans Go. 
Teen Titans Go was clever. Mm, okay. <laughs> it was clever. But this was just not. Uh, so, uh, <coughs> pumped. Pumped for this. Uh, it looks cool as shit. I'm, uh, I'm ready for this. So, uh, that's the big news. Uh, outside of that, don't forget Chris Evans' 40th birthday today. Is it Chris Evans' 40th it is. birthday? I know he's a big listener, so. Hey, Chris, we love you, man. Uh, drop the politics, go back to Captain America. Keep your pants on. Yeah, that too. Keep your pants on, indeed. <laughs> All right, so for this week's edition of the world famous Thrill Geeks Top 3 list, with 15 minutes on the timer. Gentlemen, what are your top three musical moments in film? And go. Okay, so my number uh, three, I'm going to go with this, is um, the Freebird scene in The Kingsman. Ah, okay. So the, the slaughter of uh, everybody and, in the church. In the yeah. church. I When I first saw that, just absolutely blew me away. And uh, I recommended that movie to everybody just based on that scene alone. That is actually a good, I, that's a great one. That's that just so beautifully one. choreographed. And, and not the song you would think would be over no. an action scene. No. But it, it totally works. Yes. Yes. What's your number three? My number three. Well, I was going to pull a, a Rich. I was going to pull a Dr. Rich and just say the Blues Brothers. <laughs> but uh, to single out a scene uh, you just cannot argue with Aretha Franklin. Oh. And uh, think and the, the the whole, like, the entire song with the dance routine in the diner where, like, Jake and Elwood just, like, follow along with the gals and stuff like that. And they look, they, they those two guys move better than they have any right to be. But it's just, but Aretha, I mean, you can't argue with Aretha Franklin. The no. entire movie's rules, but that is just, that. that's the pinnacle of that movie. You know what, funny enough, I did not go with anything from Blues Brothers. What? I, I know, I did not. But, if I had to pick, it would be Rawhide. Chicken wire. Yep. Chicken wire, yeah. Rolling, rolling, rolling. I, that seemed to me. I, my Blues Brothers pick, not not good make the top three, but Shake a Tail Feather. Oh, yeah. Great child. Uh, you could do. You could pull a Dr. Rich on that and just say it's, Blues it's Brothers. The, it's yeah. the movie. It's yeah. the movie. It's the my favorite musical of all time. Yeah, I, I agree. So, oh, my, right, number, what's your number, my three? number three is uh, the opening scene from Baby Driver, Bell Bottom Jeans. The Chase. By John Spencer, Blues Explosion. Yes, The Chase. It's it's so well done to the music and so amped up. I That's another... You can't, you can't talk about musical moments. You can't... In a modern context, you can't talk about this subject without that movie. That's, that's how you sell that movie to anyone. Just watch the opening. <laughs> I, uh, I have not seen Baby Driver. Oh, I'm going to make you watch that, dude. It's um, on the voodoo. It's on the voodoo. <laughs> But it's funny, uh, I was watching, there was a thing, and they showed Baby Driver, and I looked at my wife, and I said, somebody's musical moment's coming off of that film. Um, I actually like uh, the kind of three-quarters of the way chase, where he's on foot with uh, Hocus Pocus by Focus. (laughs) Okay, so my number two has got to be... I'm going to throw something at you. You know what it is. Uh, From Young Frankenstein... 
Put it on the Ritz. Yeah. Put it on the Ritz. Put it on the Ritz! <laughs> One of the funniest. Peter Boyle. And the, yeah. th- the thing, it's it's almost like Gene Wilder is so talented that P- Peter, it's like it, it enhances Peter Boyle's, like, incompetence. Oh, God. You know? Oh. That is just, <laughs> that is so fucking funny. I watched it, like, six times just because I was like, it's gotta, that's got to be on there. YouTube. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, I missed that one. Wow, I, uh, I missed that one. Oh, about that one. yeah, that would have been on the list. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I have uh, a lance number two. Okay, double. Yeah, or triple. Double. Okay, not, not a double lance. Let's, let's get crazy here. <laughs> um, my number twos are uh, Otis Redding, Trilo Tenderness from Pretty in Pink. Uh, oh, oh, Ducky. John, John Cryer. Yeah, hamming it up for uh, what's Annie Potts. And yep. uh, Molly Ringwald in the record store, it just he does it so well, and it is such a great song. So, yes, I, I, I can't. It, the combination just blows me away. And then to go the exact opposite, "Don't Stop Me Now" from Shaun of the Dead, as they're beating to death the Steve Dahl zombie. Oh God! <laughs> it's just funny as hell. <laughs> yeah, they, don't <laughs> stop as they're beating them. Yeah, it just it's. It's one of those that puts a smile on my face every time I see it, and it just—it's it, genius they came up with that. Huh? Okay, I did not go to to uh, Shaun of the Dead. That's another thing. Yeah, Edgar Wright is going to be mentioned probably a lot here. because <laughs> uh, it made me—you just made me think of an honorable mention. Um, all right, so I'm going to pull the, the film card out here. Ooh. Um. So this is actually the absence of music. The great Lalo Schifrin, who was responsible for the original Mission Impossible theme song, he's a great he, bunch of stuff. He scored the movie Bullet. Okay. And uh, great, it's got a great score, kind of a background thing. And they said, okay, we'll put some, together some music for the car chase. And uh, he watched the scene and said, you don't need music for this. So the, there is no music during the car chase that is all the sounds of the engines. Yes. And that is, that to me, that's one of those that you had brought this up like, what, what was the movie that we, you had brought it up where like the director sat down and, oh, it was uh, Rafi, 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 where they were going to write the, they yeah. were going to write a score for the, the, the high yeah. scene and the, 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 the composer sat down and said, no. Lalo Schifrin, same brilliance right there. The, the the sound of the engines carries that entire scene, and that that yeah. chase wouldn't be the same if there was music on it. So, it's a huh. great scene, yes. greatest one of the greatest scenes ever. Okay, so my number one. Uh, say what you will, guys. I don't I give will. a shit. I will. I don't fucking give a shit. I will say. I'm what telling I will. you right now. Stick it in your ass. That's it my is... favorite song ever. Oh no. <laughs> Rainbow Connection from the Muppet Movie. You could literally. <laughs> I know. Like I'm trying frozen. to f- find the words for it. Uh, stick it in your ass would be. But... <laughs> First of all, to connect, stick it in your ass and rainbow connection in the same sentence, genius right there. <laughs> um, only you could pull that off. But like something that would like literally could bring me to tears at this moment. I- I'm telling you, yeah, it right there, fucking rocks. Rainbow connection, the Muppet movie. Yeah, there was one that I think is better, but. Um... I felt that the movie was a musical, so I didn't go with that. Okay. 
So what's your number one? My number one is the great Ennio Morricone and uh, the one of the greatest westerns of all time, but in The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. The score piece is called The Ecstasy of Gold. Metallica is, that's like their intro music or something. It's, it's, they remixed it under the beer, comer, uh, the Dos Equis beer commercials or whatever. It's <laughs> with the lady singing and stuff like that. But from the point that, um, Eli Wallach runs into the graveyard and then the score kind of swells and then it, it, it carries through to the three way gunfight and stuff like that. That is Ennio Morricone at its, and his finest. And that's, that's why, I personally think Sergio Leone movies are not just some goofy spaghetti westerns because right. there's a hundred of them. They're something special because yeah. I think the score makes them special. But that that piece of that piece of music that like ten minutes of the film, the entire score of that is like my favorite piece of one of my favorite pieces of music of all time. You know, I should have thought of that and I didn't. I, it's, okay, that's a that's a great choice. Mine's really really shallow and and self serving and. It's uh, from Thor Ragnarok. Dude, you have to give him credit. To, dude, they spent the money on that. I'm a good song. It's perfect. It, it, it's the, the fight's played out both times they play it, but the second time is just so... It, I get chills now thinking about it. So it's just perfect to that scene. So, And I know it's new. It's not, not special. It's no card-carrying film, but yeah, that's my number one. It's huh. Thor too, so that helps a lot. All right. Well, you guys came to the came to the party with laundry list. I've actually thought of a couple that I I, I could add because we have like five minutes worth of honorable mentions here. Good, good. Because my number one, had I not considered the movie a musical, but I, I got to say it's the best musical moment in film for me is Gene Wilder, Pure Imagination. Oh yes, yes. I didn't. Yeah, that, that's that. Yeah, that's definitely. That's uh, that's where I would have gone, but I'm sticking with Rainbow Connection. Uh, Tommy Boy, Superstar. The fucking scene where they're switching the radio, yeah, yeah. and then they get to Superstar, and well, you can change it if you want. No, I'm no. cool. You know, it's fine. <laughs> I, I can listen to it. <laughs> Don't you remember you told me you love me, baby? And they're crying. <laughs> uh, that's just genius. <laughs> fucking genius. I'm surprised you didn't mention it. Again, you could pull the Bugsy Malone. Mm. But um My name is Tom. Yeah. I was gonna say I, the 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 fighter song. Oh, okay. I, I really like that one. Okay. Uh Edgar Wright, again going back to Edgar Wright, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Like the oh, yeah. every every like band bit in that <laughs> yes. is freaking fantastic. One you will not have seen. Okay. But I think it's just fucking classic is Afternoon Delight in Anchorman. The Ron Burgundy story. Okay, yeah, I've you've I never seen, seen it. it. No, but that is so funny. Oh. What is love, Ron? <laughs> what about what about stuck in the middle Reservoir Dogs? I got that on the list. Oh yeah, no. like Madison going to town. On oh, when he holds up the ear. <laughs> oh, the song that got me into surf rock, uh, Miseraloo, the opening of Pulp Fiction. Oh, big fail. You know what? I I I. Pulp Fiction is again. I could pull uh, Doctor Rich and yeah. just go Pulp Fiction. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. the the uh, son of a preacher man. Um, oh my God, that Tarantino's a genius with music. Yes, he is. He's just a genius with music. Uh, you've lost that love and feeling in Top Gun. 
uh, Layla, and this is saying somebody who doesn't like Eric Clapton, Layla in Goodfellas, like that, that like the montage oh, yeah, with yeah. Layla is, is is one of the best. Uh, that's a one shot. Yeah, and that was one that my wife kept saying, Layla and Goodfellas, you got it, you got it, and I was like, nah, that. Yeah, <laughs> it just didn't hit what my mental criteria was, and wow. so you got mental. Criteria. I have mental criteria. I yeah, don't, I know. I know. You, I can go with the end of Breakfast Club with Don't You Forget About Me. And that's what I kept saying. And my wife goes, no, no, no. And she pulled up the dance scene. And oh, I dancing, wrote that down. Yeah, dancing. The yeah. dancing. But yeah, no, Don't You Forget About Me. Yeah, that's... It's, it's, everything's winding down. They're all doing everything mm-hmm. in the end. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that enhances the comedy <laughs> in this scene is, and this is one of my favorite comedic scenes of all time, is the the cop or the printer beatdown scene. Yes. In Office Space. Because they put, I don't even know what the song is, they put this like hardcore gangster rap over it, and they the way that they film it <laughs> makes it look like, you know, Boys in the Hood or something like that, where they're they're, they're doing, a, you know, they're beating the crap out of somebody, but it's, yes. it's the printer that pisses yeah. everybody off. I just, it's brilliant. <laughs> okay, I brought this up as a non-greatest moment, because I think it's weird. Uh, we talked about it earlier, and I'm just going to say heart to heart in the Skeleton Twins, the song between Bill Hader and Kristen Wiig. It's fun to watch. But when you put it in context, you kind of go, ew. Kind of go? Ew. No, you go, yeah, no, you really go, ew. <laughs> but, but it's so funny to see those two together. And uh, and who'd have thought that Bill Hader could move so much better than Kristen Wiig? I wouldn't have guessed that. Nobody would. Uh, the Peter Gabriel song and Say Anything with the boombox. Yeah, it's a little... little... I like overdone, it. huh? I, I, it's like the not go-to. at the time though. Not at the at time. At the time, no. Yeah, at the time, that was just a yeah, great, eyes. great moment. Do, do I think it carried? Not so much, but uh, yeah, because it became it became like the meme. Yeah, I'm uh, all right from in Caddyshack, beginning Caddyshack. Oh yeah. Okay. And the opposite end of the spectrum. Hey everybody, we're all gonna get laid, and then that's the Journey song. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, it's not Journey. Yeah, it's Journey, isn't yeah. it? Okay. Yeah. Uh, of course, the granddaddy. We got to go with uh, Bohemian Rhapsody in Wayne's World. <laughs> the, 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 the the drunk guy in the backseat makes that, that scene. That is so perfect. And it, and it brought Bohemian Rhapsody to number two, two decades after it had been yeah. released. So I must be one of the only guys that just doesn't care about Wayne's World. I really, really? You, no. You know what? Even, even if you don't like that, that scene is just yeah. fucking brilliant. I've seen the scene once when I saw the movie originally, and that's all I've seen. Oh, YouTube it! It's it's fucking brilliant. It really is. They yeah. they really is. I like I'll, it. I'll go with the shout from Animal House. By Otis Day and Nights. That was going to be on the list. Yes. Oh my I, god! I am embarrassed that I did not even think of it. Oh. And was, there was another song in there. Oh, I gave my love a cherry that had no stone. <laughs> I, I am going to say that that has come out of my mouth more than once yearly since I first saw that film as a child. Really? Yes. Wow. I don't know why that scene stuck you with me, but when he breaks the starts... fucking guitar. Okay, really well, quick, In the City from the Warriors. Oh, shit! Opening did... credits of the Warriors. <laughs> yeah, I know, oh. that too, yeah. All right, lots to talk about. That's our top three musical moments with a whole ton of extras. Let us know what you think.
Alright, so this week we are joining the cult of number 41 on the Ringer's list of top cult films. And it is 2001's Hedvig and the Angry Itch, written, directed, and starring John Cameron Mitchell. Also starring Andrea Martin, Michael Pitt, and Miriam Shore. And, uh, boy, I am disappointed that I did not watch this one earlier, because this one was pretty, uh, pretty fantastic. I never heard of it. You got the title wrong. How did I get... You said Angry Itch. Oh, God, I did. And I even wrote down Angry Itch. It's Angry Inch. I beg your pardon. Um, I was so concentrating on pronouncing Hedvig correctly. I know. I was like, I I missed it. And the Angry Itch, and I went... So, shows you how much I listen to Lance. (laughs) Well, this is the story of a... Well, a, a, a... Man who has a botched East German sex change operation or gender reassignment, if you will. He has it for love. He does it for the right reasons. Were we watching the same movie? He didn't do it for the right reasons. He did it to get out of East Berlin. Yeah, okay. Well, I thought he did it for love. I thought he did it for love, too. And to get out of East Berlin. And to get out of East Berlin. Yeah, well, that was... He had to do it in order to get out of East Berlin and marry. Well, to be married, they, he had to yeah, do it because they had to check. But but he, he seemed hurt when when his fiance or her husband. Did they, I think they were married. They were, yeah, they had to be married. Left him. Yeah. For, Left him in the middle of a trailer in Kansas. Yeah, that's down. That's kind of depressing too. And uh, he hooks up with the general's son, who turns into this huge rock star, and they. Uh, collaborate and write his hit album and so Hedvig and her his her band follow shadows Tommy Gnosis's tour uh playing what was it like slime bucket steakhouse bilgewater bilgewater okay it was bilgewater uh these uh Hedvig's band the The angry Angry inch and uh it's the story of that it's I don't know. I think that's pretty much the 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 synopsis. The synopsis, right? Yeah. Am I missing anything? No. No. This one suffered from some um, story issues, also that uh, the same as um, another film we reviewed called Butt Boy. Uh, what I did, what I loved about, because I had to read in order to get kind of the the story. Not that it doesn't give the story, but there are parts of the yeah, story. Yeah, kind of. They, they they go back. They don't explain it well. All over and it, yeah, there's, there's parts of the a, story that they don't explain. Yeah, okay. Like I didn't. Okay, so I guess Itzhak. Yeah. Was Hedvig's new husband or something? No, it was his wife. Spouse Hedvig, and I thought that this was actually beautiful. I really did enjoy the concept of Hedvig was genderless. Yes. 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 Because he had neither part, so he, he wasn't he, was just, he wasn't he, a man or a woman. He wasn't a, a cross dresser. He wasn't yeah. a. He was just a, a true, uh, non-binary. Yeah, yeah. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was married to Itzag, and um, he would only allow Itzag on stage if she never performed as a woman, because that would take the focus off. Yeah. Him. And. Uh, which is why she was dressed as a man. Yeah. And um, she was much more talented than Hedvig. 
and he knew that. Okay, I, I didn't pick, that's excellent. I didn't pick up on that. Musically, musically more talented. She was more talented, which yeah. is why the as ending an, as an entertainer, Hed, Hedwig was just that. Oh. Yeah, he was just. It, they were just whatever way you want to say it was amazing. I mean, yes, played, uh, I played agree a with crowd that. great, and I uh, guess I guess John John Mitchell. What's his whole name? Uh, John, Mitchell John Cameron, John Cameron Mitchell. John Cameron Mitchell actually did perform. And oh, yeah. drag clubs ahead of this to, to get get this down. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. He'd he, never done that anything like that before, but he did it to get the character down for the Broadway play, which became the movie. Uh, phenomenal character. Uh, but, yeah, so it's uh, That was the ending where he frees her. Yeah. He gives her the wig, and then she can come out of drag and go and be famous. Yeah. Um, he was holding her down. Yes, on purpose. Yes, uh, because he was jealous of her. Well, he, uh, he also had the uh, the with Tom Thomas. What, I'm horrible. Tommy Nosis. Tommy Nosis had gone off and become this big star. And, well, and, he, and ripped off. Yeah, ripped off, and he was afraid that the same thing was going to happen with that. He, yeah. He'd always be left behind because that's the whole. Yes. Just of the story, he's always left behind. Yeah. He's, you know, even left behind as far as not having a sex, more or less. Yeah. So there were some... Uh, uh, I thought that, that... Well, so Junction City, Kansas is where the trailer was, and that's where John Cameron Mitchell grew up. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. And this is based on his babysitter, who was also a prostitute. Uh, yes. Uh, oh, Okay. The dressing, I believe. The, yes. The, the, what he wore was based on that. His babysitter. Uh, and I believe he was an army brat. Yes, he was. His dad, yeah. was, the, dad was, like, high up in government, was, like, there with Reagan at points, was, was some sort of head uh, diplomat to Germany. Oh. Oh. I didn't I didn't know that. That's awesome. I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Well, that explains all of the settings of the film. Yeah. I loved Hedvig's attitude. Oh, uh, talking about the I, like the quasi gay rock stars like Bowie yes. and Iggy Pop and stuff like totally channeled all those guys. By the end of the film, you could have put Bowie in that yeah. role, and and I don't know that he would have sang it better. No, no well the I, music I, in this I, I don't is think, unbelievably yeah. good. Yeah, it, so good. Yes, it was amazing. Yeah, uh, you could see it as a play. Which I think is always fun. But what a phenomenal... Uh, I saw it when I was younger and didn't like it as much. Remember not liking it a whole lot and not looking forward to seeing it. So hopefully you were pleasantly surprised. I was uh, I was blown away. I mean, really. When, when you get into the story and... Uh, I can nitpick on some things, but really the story, the songs all follow it. It's it. so good that you're actually going, is this based on something real? Yes. It, it, it does have that 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 realness to it. I mean, it, it, yeah. it, 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 you're looking, wow, is there actually, was there actually a Hedwig? Is this actually uh, Hedwig? Sorry. Uh, you know. It's okay, you can Americanize it, Keith. My, I'm my, just, my I'm, German tour. Now, I gotta watch, because I want to, because a children's cartoon just came out with Hedwig. You're kidding. No, and I got to see if that's the same Hedvig. Uh, but 
absolutely loved this film. Absolutely loved this film. Oh, okay. Uh, I just, it was so well done. So emotional. Uh, in the play, I guess, the difference is um, the play starts off with uh, the scene with Tommy Gnosis and her in the car. Okay. And um, she's performing fellatio on him. And they hit a school bus full of kids. <laughs> That's the play. Okay. Uh, they chose not to do that for the movie. Okay. No, oh, because World According to Garp, it's been done. Yes. <laughs> by, by the way, Hedwig, the, the cartoon, is based on the Harry Potter owl. <laughs> so it's a little bit different. Just a, just a little bit different. <laughs> no, that makes me feel so much better. <laughs> that makes me feel so much better. Never went to the Harry Potter owl. Always went to this movie. <laughs> They've made a children's cartoon with Hedvig. And that was before I watched it. Now I could see it. And uh, and it would it would not be bad. Um, it would have to be toned down a lot. It would yeah, have to be toned I, I, down I could, a lot. I could see it being a fun thing. Yes. Because this whole movie, with the exception of, of the real dire parts, was very fun. It was very... Yes. You know what I mean? It... it, 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 it kept you going andrea mitchell played against type uh, yeah she was almost like the straight yeah straight per, straight yeah. man i'm black about her straight man in andrea this martin andrea martin. martin from se- did from i say seconds? mitchell yeah you said mitchell but that's, that's okay. because of john mitchell Cameron, yeah, yeah john I, cameron I, mitchell andrea, that guy i have not gotten a fucking name right all day <laughs> i have not gotten a single name right it's okay p mike millar <laughs> isn't it miller Yeah, it's it's okay. Yeah, get his name right. <laughs> there were some there were some moments in this that I felt dirty. I will say that. They did that so well. They gave you that feeling. Uh, yeah, there were some tawdry bits, if you yeah. will. Yes. Yes. But the rest of the movie made up. I mean, like there. No, no, it, it's it's perfectly appropriate for the movie. It, yeah, it was. It was yeah, it was no, meant, that was perfectly. It was meant, it was meant to yes. be that. It wasn't wasn't like I feel dirty and I don't know why. But yeah, yeah. The, the 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 situations were meant. Yes. To elicit uh, that. There are other films that I could name that I wouldn't name here, kids. Uh, that you feel dirty and and you it's don't cute want you to. Think kids are listening to us. <laughs> it's cute. I think he was actually the, making a reference to the movie Kids, which oh, made... Yes. Oh, let's put it this way. Oh. I did not feel as dirty after watching this that I did as watching Kids. No. Watching uh, the first ten minutes of Kids made me dirtier than every movie, uh, every other cult movie we've seen so far put together. Yes. Uh, no. The, the There were supposed to be moments where you felt dirty. They were appropriate for the film. They added to it. Where... Uh, let's stop talking about that movie. No, we're always going to come back to that movie. We're always going to come back to, because now we have a bar uh, that everything is played against. <laughs> Again, did we did we talk about the music at all? We've barely t- scratched the surface, but the music is, is absolutely music in this? fantastic. Uh, lyrically, musically, uh, this is uh, Bowie. This is... Uh, the, the, yeah, I, the, the, the Iggy Pop. Yes. Uh, MC5, like, it, it, there's some, and then there's, like, uh, the, 
pull on the wig, put on the makeup, middle of that that kind of middle, which is very poppy, and there's kind of like that that Beatles monkeys like yes uh, antics that they do, like when the band comes into the trailer and they put the wig on her and stuff like that. it was just and then they break and then like the the trailer breaks open and it's like the stage she's got like the long hair and the fringe and she's like totally rocking out and stuff like that fantastic dudes it was just like it's hair oh no I, well yeah she hair, had yeah. like the rig long wig but then she had no, like no, fringe no, no. Hair, the, the, the dress was made of hair oh yeah yeah well okay that was okay that's even better that yes. was fantastic yes because i did the same thing yeah i was looking at it going that's fringe that's really no, that's fucking hair. Yeah, I was. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, and and as far as charismatic frontmen go, oh, up there, up there. You're not going to get much better than Hedvig. Uh, I'm sorry. Through the whole film, you just maintain that. I can't even. I can't. It, it just so much energy. Yes. Uh, the the part with the Filipino band. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? I, I yes, that was exactly my reaction. How fucking funny the wives yeah. on the base. Which Filip- yeah, f- <clears throat> Filipino wives have made a pretty good rhythm section. Yeah. Oh God, that was funny. Oh, that was funny. And all the restaurant, all these little places they're playing, all shot in one place. Oh, you're kidding? They were- no, it was a, it was an empty restaurant that they that did. They couldn't afford to right. do it. So it was an empty restaurant that did shot from different angles and, and did different backgrounds and That was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. was that was I, I was amazed when I heard that. I'm like, wow, that's impressive. Yeah. I was not um as enjoy I was not left with a feeling of hope at the end of the movie. Really? I felt I like... actually thought that that, that Hedvig like she was good being the Tommy Noses cover band. Like she, like she'd come to some understanding that this is what I am, or something like that. I kind yeah, of. Yeah, I think I think that's why she let her wife go too, or he let it, whatever way you want to look at. Okay, so from what I've read, <clears throat> the 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 song "The Origin of Love," where it talks about the two men, yeah. two women, which is a great little song, by the way. Tommy Noses was the, her other half. And so what she came to accept was that the two halves are whole. She thought that Tommy Gnosis was her half making her whole. And what she did was find that she was Tommy Gnosis and she is whole. So, or he is whole or it is whole. I don't like calling them it. Uh, they are whole. So it was, there's hope in that, in that she came to that conclusion. And so she found inner peace and happiness. And that was cool. But I just... Would you make the very last scene of the movie with walking naked walking through the streets? Na- was that? I took that as that you were that, that was you were being reborn. I took that as showing the world who you are. Yeah, okay. I took it. Took it as yeah. But it was a dark alley, and uh, walking out of a. Dark and they walk into the light, yeah. and yeah, I I took it as as, as accepting. As, as, yeah, just being instead of being angry at everything that's happened and and all the. Just to be accepting of who you are and everyone else should accept you. And that's yeah. what I took it as. It, it just, I'm not, it's not, I don't want to say hiding, but I'm just coming out into the light and accept me or don't. This, this is what I. But I'm good. Yeah. I'm uh, good with she's myself. She's accepted her yeah. other half and she's. That's what I took it as too. Yeah. I, uh, but I, I just didn't have a lot of hope for the character. Like that the character was going to have the happily ever after. Mm. 
I just did that. The piece was gonna last. Yeah, it just did. Their entire life was spent. It was. It was actually a very painful story. Well, no, like Keith had said, it's like searching for getting left behind by being abandoned by yeah, and, and searching for your other half, more or less. And, yeah, and you thought you found it in Tommy, and didn't, you know. And yeah, it, and there was the scene where he didn't accept her. Yeah. What was really cool, too, was the, the little animated sequence they had in there. That was yes, awesome. I, I, I wanted to go back and watch that and, and try to absorb what what this was trying to say, and I didn't actually go back and watch it, which I should. It is a film I could watch again. Uh, there Me was too. a lot of detail to it, uh, and I'm not a deep thinker. We know that. Oh, yes, you are. You hide it really well. All right, boys. So, what do we think of uh, Hedwig and the Angry Inch? For me, it's a five-star film. It really is. The music, the acting, the... It just... I, You know, I, it's hard to argue against that. I, I was going to say four and a half, but it's really... It's really right there. Four and a half, five. It, I don't know where exactly to put it. I probably have to watch it a couple more times. And I think I've come to terms with it being five star. <laughs> I not come to terms, but actually, actually, you're gonna come out of the five star closet. I actually realize it's <laughs> five star. Uh, I'm gonna go. I, I mean, it's just the music alone. Yeah, I know. Five stars. Yeah. yeah, so well done. All right, this week we join the cult of Hedvig and the Angry Inch. Let us know what you think. And I understand why this is a cult film. Unlike a lot of yes. things we've seen. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. All right, so for this week's edition of a movie that people also watched, we watched one, well, it, it's not one of Brian's German internet films, but it does have a weird title. Uh, it is 2020's Butt Boy. Should be subtitled, Shove It Up Your Ass. Ooh. Uh, directed by Tyler Kornak, written by Tyler Kornak and Ryan Koch, starring Tyler Rice, Tyler Kornak, and Shelby Dash. And I will go on record by saying this is the best crafted, best acted, bad movie I have ever seen. Not going to go quite that far with it. I, I, I was stunned at the production value. I thought the actors were all pretty good. I was really impressed with the actors. Yeah, the actors, I yes. was impressed with the actors. I really liked them. Yeah. Yeah, there was no characters that seemed out of place. Or... There, and it didn't seem like they were acting. It didn't seem like there was anything out of their range. They, the cop was pushing it every night. The, the cop was doing, he was doing a, a De Niro impression yeah, the yeah. entire time, I thought. It was I like thought. Serpico. Yeah. The it, alcoholic. Yeah. He, uh, <laughs> yeah, there was a few too many lingering shots on the emotional cop. Yeah, yeah. Right. uh, but uh, well, no, but even there's then, even it wasn't there's, bad. there's even a line like, You look like every TV detective ever, or yes. something yes. like that, which and I thought did, was yeah. kind of funny. <laughs> well, uh, because uh, the listening uh, public demanded it, we're gonna do a uh, a summary here, and it's essentially imagine a modern thriller police thriller uh slash science fiction supernatural where um a guy is addicted to sticking things and people specifically children up his ass don't forget dogs hey dog 
One of the funniest scenes in the entire fucking movie was that dog. <laughs> and uh, his ass is apparently, and his colon is apparently a uh, a tardis. It's a tart ass. A tart ass. Because it's uh, bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. Way bigger. <laughs> Unbelievably. or Yes. Yes. Or you become little. It, it, it's one or the other, but it... He, it it was it is the most fucked up premise for a movie that I have ever even heard of before. This is why the guy had to make it himself. There's no way you're, you're pitching this thing. No, you could not pitch. If you pitched it, it would be the scene where he tells the police commissioner what's going on. <laughs> the police commissioner sums it up so beautifully. So you believe a, a guy... <laughs> it is digestive process. Well, I'm not clear on the digestive process, sir. <laughs> but it's... <laughs> Sticking things and or people up his ass, and it gets more powerful the more things he shoves up his ass. It's sort of a Hulk-related thing. I'm not clear on the digestive process part, <laughs> sir, but yeah, the rest of it, yeah. Uh, and the... Uh, Fuck me. That was great. The, uh, the cop and the killer or perpetrator or whatever you want to call him... Meet in AA because the cop is legitimately an alcoholic, but the guy is kind of using Alcoholics Anonymous to get past his addiction of shoving things in his ass. ass. There was a lot of tongue in cheek, whichever cheek you want to take, in this movie. <laughs> so now, I, we had mentioned it before we started recording, the, uh, the fucking light bulb scene. Where they just pan across, and he's got the light bulb stuck in his butt, and they just pan across... I was crying. I was fucking... It was one of those big floodlights that you put outside, those outside, and it's just sticking out of his ass. Uh, from a side shot, you don't ever see his asshole. Let's be clear on that right now. Not, 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 no, very, not from the outside. Not from the outside. Not from the outside, yes. It's very cleverly done where you, it, it, it's not very graphic or anything like no. that. You see no scrote. You see no... Uh, no there's, asshole. There's a lot of ass. There's a lot of ass in it. There is a lot of ass. There's a hurricane coming out of there. The <laughs> fucking hurricane coming out of his ass. I thought that scene, I was dying there. That was the one that I, like, where they have, like, the, the kind of typical, the killers fighting the cop type of thing. And then there's, like, his eyes roll up at the back. It's like, you know, like, possessed or something. Like, the eyes roll up at the back of his head. And they show him from the backside and, like, a hurricane. Like, it's literally He's hurricane sucking wind. the car in. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> that's, that's the point you came in. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it, it, there was some really clever shit in this <laughs> um that should be one of the reviews oh they're gonna use that no point in real real geeks some really clever shit. some really clever shit uh i there were some um story problems that i really had with <laughs> you had story problems with this i this should be my line but i'm gonna <laughs> Yeah, I did. I actually did have story problems. Okay, like... <laughs> okay, so they establish in the beginning, the wife is obviously having an affair. And then they just drop that. Yeah, okay, they did do that. They just drop that whole thing, and it never comes up again. And that kind of bothered me, because you go, what, nine years later? And so, they're still together. I, I, don't, I, I don't see it, but... Because they obviously don't like each other. It, it was just, that to me was a story problem. You establish that she's cheating on him, you and you don't ever go back to that. Oh, you don't have the guy disappear somehow. Yeah, you don't, which which would have been even more interesting. Yeah. To be, uh, 
Oh, yeah, dude, there's a missed opportunity. You want to talk yes. about a missed opportunity. The guy just goes missing yeah, or yes. whatever. Now, here's heavy spoilers, but at the end... Heavy spoilers. Heavy spoilers. At the ending... Well, no, even before the ending. He, uh... He sucks the baby in his ass. From the park. Yeah. And they never go back to those two characters. Yes, they do. That's the entire end sequence. That's his son. Oh... No. Yeah. Was it nine years after that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I missed that. That was the whole like no, he I finds that. you know his missing son and he finds yeah, his yeah, son yeah. in the guy's ass. You know what? You're right. I, I just didn't connect that, and you're absolutely correct. Okay, so then uh, she's a shitty mom because she left a toddler sitting in the middle of a park where somebody could suck him in their ass. <laughs> it's a story as old. <laughs> <laughs> The a- annals of time. <laughs> and they didn't show... No, I, and I, I may have missed this, because I was cleaning while this was on. Did the little uh, Japanese boy die? Yeah, because he drank the uh, stomach elixir. the stomach elixir or whatever, and he touched it and it started eating his face or whatever. But they didn't show him die. Not so much as, like, <laughs> they, they implied it. Yeah. Okay. Because they kept showing his father at the end. Yeah, and you kept, I kept was, was open for the, the kid is basically okay or whatever, but it, he yeah. wasn't there, so I assumed yeah. that he died. Uh, and so that kind of bothered me. There was no body either. So uh, that kind of left it unresolved. So those those little story points are... Um... <laughs> and otherwise a solid drama. Uh, you know what? There's a lot of sickness in this movie. There's <laughs> a think? lot of... There's a lot of sickness in this. The cop climbing the tree to, to watch his ex-wife in bed. Uh, that was, I was like, are you kidding me? But it gave him a vulnerability that you could then relate to. <laughs> We've all been there. We've all wanted to climb a tree and stalk our ex. Hunt. Yeah. Hunt, stalk, hunt. Oh, allegedly. It was... Um, it was a much better film than it had any right to be. We keep saying that. I keep saying that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the acting was solid. Uh, I thought everybody who played their parts played it well. There were some script problems I saw. The whole story was ridiculous. Let's be. <laughs> he sucks things in his ass. Yeah, yeah. There's a suspension of disbelief there that you've got. Is to, there really? That Dude, they really... were living in his colon. Yeah. 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 I thought there'd For be months. more shit in there. Uh, you know, not shit, shit, but just. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It like would have been funny. Microwave or something so they can make popcorn? It would have been funny if they'd have put in a pile of socks. Um, <laughs> but the scene where they're, the dog just goes walking in the back. They're doing that. It's, it's real dramatic yeah, yeah, yeah. with him and the kid. And then the dog just goes walking. I was fucking, I saw that and died. Fucking died. Does, does he have to put food up there to keep him alive? What, what, what exactly? They were eating shit. Oh. Didn't you see that scene? No. Oh, it, lo- it looks like we all missed things. <laughs> all right, well, but boy, uh, what's the star rating on this one, boys? I'm going to give it a, a good three and a half. Oh, I'm giving it, for more reasons one, a two. <laughs> it's a number two for you? It's a number two for me. A, a big old number two. A, 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 <laughs> like a man-sized number two. The best worst movie I have ever seen. I'm going to go right in the middle, two and a half stars. But boy, that's a movie that people also watched. You should watch it. You should watch <laughs> it.
right, so the uh, the Disney app ambushed us, or at least me. Ambushed? With the release of the latest uh, Marvel offering, uh, Loki, which dropped this past Wednesday. So, uh, because I knew these guys were going to want to talk about it, uh, I watched it. That's the only reason you watched it? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. You would not have watched it had we not been doing this. He's a DC guy. You know what? Probably not. Huh. That's interesting to me. Uh, This is going to be my Falcon and the Winter Soldier, for like the way that Falcon and the Winter Soldier, that you weren't impressed with it up Mm -hmm. until this is going to need to grab me, and it hasn't so far. With the exception of Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston are such wonderful, charming actors that I would have really struggled with this if it wasn't for those two. I could see that. Um, There's a lot of flashbacks, a lot of retelling. Yes, but there needed to be because it's not the Loki we know. Well, and actually, I'm glad they did that because I haven't seen every single Marvel movie. Like I haven't oh. seen, I haven't seen the second Thor movie. He's with the, the dark, one, the Dark Elves, or something like that. You haven't seen the, the second Thor movie? No. Why? Because well, I heard it wasn't good. I don't watch movies that I heard aren't good unless you, of course, make me watch them for the the podcast. We're putting Thor Dark World 2 on the list. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> That's going to be a movie that people also watch. It's then. got Kat Dennings. Yeah. Though not hot Kat Dennings. I don't know. She's wearing a little low-cut thing there. Oh, okay. Yeah, so uh, I wasn't that... Uh, this was um, Doctor Who like to me. There were some problems that I had with it. I'm not going to intimate that I didn't fall asleep in the middle of it. But I had carb loaded. Okay. Well, carbs, I could see that. <laughs> if you had the big pasta dinner the night before, you know. No, I had Fruit Loops. Uh, <laughs> it's almost the same thing. I, cereal knocks me out. It can. Sometimes I'll eat Lucky well, Charms and I'm done. sugar? Really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it is. All right. So you felt you felt you were saying you fell asleep during the middle of this. Um, and I was going to watch it again and I just didn't have time. One of the problems that I had, she explained why he's a problem much better from the bench the judge did than the little animated. I love the anime. The, the one thing I will spot up is that animated bit I, I thought was wonderful. It just brought me to Jurassic Park. Uh, it was Tara Strong. Yes. I love Tara Strong. Not only is she screaming fucking hot. But, she is the voice of Harley Quinn, after. Arlene Sorkin is the voice of Harley Quinn, but that's a completely after different After Arlene Sorkin was Tara Strong, and she kept, the, she kept that alive. And she did well with it. And Okay, but back to Loki. You didn't get, so the, the, the explanation of the holy timeline, and then if you are diverged from the holy timeline, you become... Okay, so, the way that... that he took the Tesseract and he went back through time. Don't even get me started because we're, we're talking a retrofit or a retro 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 no, to go a back retcon. Time. He shifted space because the Tesseract. No, I thought that they said that he actually jumped back in time because I thought to me when he was in the Gobi Desert, those were those were ancient Mongolians or something like that. You know what? It doesn't even matter. It doesn't if, even it say doesn't so. matter it's if he shifted gem, time though. or not. It doesn't matter. He diverged from the timeline that he had already lived. Yes. Yes. So that made him 
dangerous. A yes. variant. A variant. Now, the, the animated thing was like, okay, if you're going through your day... And you should go through the go to the bathroom, but you decide instead to go to the salad bar. You're now a divergent because you should have gone to the bathroom, but you didn't. I said if you showed up for late for work, which the, that, that I got like the late for work I thought was a little much. It's different than you've already existed in this timeline, yeah. Yeah. and now you've taken a turn from it. Yes, and yes. created the thing that the ancient one explains in uh, Endgame. No. In, in, yeah, in game. Yeah. yeah, where she takes Hulk. Yeah. So that the animated thing didn't make a lot of sense to me because it didn't show it. You've already lived this, and now you do something different. Yeah. How does that happen? Well, it happens how it happened with Loki, but you didn't explain that well in the animation, though. That was fun. It was fun. It was fun. It and, was and it's, it's it's yeah, that's a weird because not. How much time traveling is going on? The guy before him in the line didn't time travel that anyone could tell. Yeah. So how did he diverge from his timeline if you're on the timeline you're on? You know? Right. There, there has to be some way for you to diverge from it that you do differently than you're doing from the, the Time Masters or whatever. After you've already lived. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. And then by the, the whole, like, the, the animated so you, the little cartoon, they were saying, like, oh, if you show up late for work when you're not supposed to, then you, you know, it's like, it's like you're not even in control of your own destiny. You know, like. Right. No, you, yeah, you aren't in control of your destiny. Your destiny is mapped out. Yeah. Where it should have been, you've already lived this, and now something happens that causes you to go back and do something differently. Yes. And then you create a divergent. Yeah, time. because like like you had said, he this whole thing is he grabs a test rack and jumps out of th- his pre predestined yeah. he, existence. He's meant to go up to Asgard and yeah, it's not predestined. He already lived it. Yeah, so it's he already, already was taken away, and then well, they goes to the Asgard by going back there to begin with and right. stealing the tesseract. They were supposed to return it, but they got waylaid. And that's why they had to go back even further to get the Tesseract. Right, exactly. So, the, again, but there's a retcon made, on top of a retcon on top of a retcon. Which would have made no sense because then the Tesseract wouldn't have been there for him to get. I don't know. <laughs> like I said, I, They Who shouldn't like, fuck with time. That's my problem. I've that's said this before. That's my problem with Endgame all over the place. Infinity War, I had no problem with Endgame. Once you start screwing with time, you mess everything up. And that's what the Flash learned in Flashpoint. Yes. Uh, did not explain it well in the animated thing. Um, I like the idea of resetting the timeline. I like the little bomb that they leave. Yeah. I'm not sure how that works, but yeah. It's just uh, it, You don't have to understand it. It's beyond you. Okay? Well, I know. They're all powerful. They use Infinity Gems as paperweights. No, they just don't work there. It's, I know. And I like that. I thought that was cool. I thought it was fun that magic didn't work there. I know, but you're okay. You work there, and you, if you're one of these officers goes off world, take one of those with you, all works wherever now you go. Now you're, See, yeah. yeah. So the, they're having a bunch of the same Infinity Gems, which means they came from different time points, which throws which off the whole ancient one thing. It throws off the whole gone. ancient. Which is, see, that's all. It all breaks everything. Which means they're not gone. <laughs> There's a soul gem there that can power the vision. <laughs> 
And Loki will bring him. Bring him. All right. Loki. This conversation that we are having was more interested. In, I'm waiting. This, I'm waiting for the. Episode. I'm waiting for the TVA to show up to, to go. You guys by saying now this you're stuff, done. Broke the fucking timeline. Zip. <laughs> come come uh, with reset. us. Yeah. Plan uh, a bomb. Go back to Tommy boy. <laughs> Don't you remember? You told me you love me, baby. Baby. Uh, <laughs> for a running gag, this is not a good gag. All right. Uh. Somebody had brought up, did you pick up a Howard Stark vibe off of Owen Wilson's character? Other than the mustache, no, not really. No, not really. I did. There's there's a the way he carried himself, kind of a... Yeah, I, I thought was it getting, was... Seemed, I was getting 70s detective off of him. He seemed too silly to be Howard Stark. Howard, no, I... You know Stark what? It seemed like he was too... I, I thought he was, uh, there was a sarcasm to him. There was a, a, a self-deprecating quality that... Which I don't remember how it started no, having, that. Stark having that. Oh, Howard God, Stark yes. Stark In Captain America. Oh, yeah, Captain yeah and, but he threw the whole thing. Oh, look at my shoes are too big. Baha! <laughs> okay, I, 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 you lost me there. Totally. Yeah, I don't know where the shoe's too big. Didn't you watch the movie? Which movie? There's been 22 of them. Okay, listen, guys. I don't have time to explain everything to you. Okay. Obviously, if you're not going to pay attention to shit when we're doing this, there's going to be a problem. What shoes are too big? Just drop it. Okay? Just drop it. He's just making up shit. This is completely gone. Keith, I'm choking on my own words here. Keith, what'd you think of the goddamn episode? God, because Loki cute that's clever because <laughs> he was damned in this yes that's, that was very hard word start and you work in a dad joke thanks a lot Keith. What? oh jesus christ why do we even bother why am i even here it's early on a sunday because the time masters have put you along congratulations boys you finally broke me <laughs> it took fucking long enough 72 episodes jesus i'm intrigued to find out which version of loki is killing the so there is an intriguing mystery in this. I, I believe it's a female version. And I thought I could, I honestly could care less. I really, they're going to, they're going to have to work to make me care about this. They really are. You know what? I thought Tom Hiddleston, uh, really the, the, um, the thing that it was the best I thought was Tom Hiddleston as Loki coming to grips with everything he was seeing in his with time, with what his life, what his life is supposed to be. When how, his mother died, his mother died. His how that impacted disappeared. Him. his death. Yeah, his father Th- died. Thor coming and, and him and Thor bonding again, even though he has doesn't at that point in his life doesn't have anything. You know, he's jealous of Thor and really kind of sacrificing himself to save Thor. Yeah, uh, to see that person uh, to realize what what he ha- had became, he was supposed to become, and now he's. So this Loki's lost that opportunity to do that. So he's stuck in that whole, I'm part. I have this glorious path I have to follow. Yeah, uh, I thought that Tom Hiddleston did an amazing job of just walking through that without saying a word. Yeah, I agree. There's right. an actor. The one, the one thing I did like is the fact that Loki was DB Cooper. I thought that was pretty cool. That was funny as yeah. shit. Uh, and yes, uh, Tom Hiddleston before. and Owen Wilson have a great chemistry. Yes. Yeah, so far it's working out really well. And I will say that the uh, when they looked out into the city, the city of time yeah. or whatever, that uh, my brother even texted me like, dude, 
what'd you think of that? I'm like, it was like one of the great matte paintings of 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 old science fiction or something like that. It was it was it was striking mm-hmm. the, the the production design. Just seeing the, the the statues holding up the ball in the middle remind me of uh, Superman actually. Yeah, with Jarell and what's his oh, mom, yeah. what's his mom's name? Lara. Lara. Larell. No, Lara. All right, boys. Well, like I said, they're going to have to work to keep me interested in this. Well, it would be Lara L. That's DC This Is Marvel. What did you think of the episode? Uh, I'll watch number two. You're watching number two. Well, he's going to because you have to. Yeah, this is is part of the job. I'm intrigued. Okay, you're intrigued. Keith? This is a setup episode. It's, uh... In case you didn't watch all the movies, like some people evidently didn't. I didn't. I know. It gives you a little... Background, which which I don't know how much necessary it was, but I did like the parts with Loki learning what his what his future was supposed to hold. I I, I liked it. Mm-hmm. I will watch it, but then again, I'm the Thor guy. There. Yeah, oh yeah, you're gonna watch it anyway. Yeah. All right. I'm hoping for Lady Sif. I'm hoping for Lady Sif too, or Valkyrie. I'm hoping for fucking Enchantress. There you go. All right, well, here's hoping for fucking Enchantress. That's Loki. Stick with us on this one. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. All right, so we are (laughs) keeping up with the latest Star Wars offering on the Disney app, and that is The Bad Batch. And we are at episode seven, which is entitled Battle Scars, in which the uh, fellas are visited by an old, and even I know this one, uh, visited by an old comrade in Captain Rex. And I thought it was interesting because I'm not that familiar with this, but he's got the, the white with the blue trim, uh-huh. Stormtrooper armor, and the Jenny Tarkovsky uh, one, they had the elite clone troopers, and one of the elite guys was, I was now drawing this this uh, correlation between Captain Rex and the, the blue elite trooper from the old animated thing. He's a Gen 1. He's a Gen 1. He's a Gen 1. You could tell by the lines in his face. Yeah. But, uh, so they, uh, go to a, uh, starship graveyard to employ a, uh, med lab unit to, to remove the chip, and what we thought was coming came with, uh, Wrecker being his chip activating, and you get to see the really awful Wrecker, which I always find fascinating when you get to see the, the bad version of somebody. Yeah. The Shadow. The Shadow, indeed. Uh, so what did you boys think of this episode? It's very young, Ian. You're getting deep again, Brian. That puddle's getting less shallow, I'll tell you. It's the one we were waiting for. Yeah. Um, it was a nice surprise to see Rex. Uh, what I what I absolutely love about um, Filoni is the world building. And so you get to see these characters at different places. Yeah, now you had made mention that he, he was initially going to kill Ahsoka. Yes. And the, and the, uh, that was what it was when in my head when he was like, I, w- I struggled with, that's why I had the ship removed, is because I struggled with this myself. And I immediately thought, like, oh, yeah, well, he tried to kill Ahsoka, you know. Yeah, without a thought. Yeah. Well, no, he struggled. He struggled, but he still pulled the trigger. Um, and protected her from the others. She's mine. Uh, wow, what a great fucking episode. That was just a great... So, yeah, to see Rex struggling, we're not that far off of Order 66. Yeah. So, he's in hiding. He hasn't... He doesn't hook up with Ahsoka again for years. 
from this point. Yeah, he shows back up in Rebels, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, oh! What? I gotta watch that. Watch what? Uh, Rebels. To see the other two, because I don't remember the other two. Yeah, there's two of them on the tank. Yes. I remember that episode. Other two what? Stormtroopers. Clones. But I think one of them is Wrecker. Uh, I gotta look. I, the eye. Oh, okay. I gotta look. So I gotta look. I, I'm not sure on that one. And somebody's gonna probably write on our Facebook page, you're an idiot. Brian needs one. You're an idiot. Uh, yeah, it'd be me. And then no. I, <laughs> I have nothing to do Shut with, up, Keith. I have nothing to do with this, <laughs> this statement at all. <laughs> Just a general notice. Yeah, about what this time? <laughs> uh, I don't know what you're talking about with the whole tank and everything. So, Oh. I can't make it through the first season of Rebels. So, which, uh, which is why I'm grateful this is actually having a good first season. Yeah. Because uh, historically, not the best seasons. No. Uh, but they're they're coming off of, of great stuff. So, yeah, it really, it's not like the first season. They did the first season, the first four episodes of season seven, Clone Wars. I was kind of disappointed there was no scene between Echo and, and Rex at all. There was no... Not a real interaction. No, not at all. Yeah, and you had mentioned that Echo was the the sounding board for Rex when back in the Clone Wars or yeah. whatever. So yeah, you're right. There, there, there was that was missing there. Yeah, yeah, they did they did drop the ball on that one. That would have been a fun to see Rex though. Um, I thought it was a good uh, Omega episode. I thought she was useful in this. Yeah, but it showed that Wrecker was totally a. Out of control. Yes. He's going to kill her. Yes. And I thought that that was a great scene between them afterwards. Yes. Um, Tradition. Yeah. Tradition. But it's funny to see how the the, uh, the Bad Batch have kind of taken in Omega in there. It's like they don't want her to get hurt, but they keep putting her in just incredible danger. Keep on taking her away. Yeah. <laughs> We're going out to fight what? All right. Oh. Well, the they did not leave... The graveyard of ship's planet. The guild calls in the Empire at the end. Yeah. Is this where they get... Is the next episode where they're going to get cross... Like, they're still on the planet. They still have access to this med lab. Are they going to grab crosshairs and put him... Get the chip I out don't of think him? so. You don't, you don't think that's gonna? this is going to be I mean, a season-long long thing? Or, yeah. yeah, I think I, that they're going to go further with I this. I think because they're not making any reference... Uh, not really showing crosshairs that that's going to be like... A little further down the road, when you when you sort of forgot about him, okay, and that's when he's going to pop up. Yeah. Uh, we have a couple of mysteries going on. Uh, who hired Fennec Shan? Uh, who was the girl talking to last episode? I think it was. I actually think it was Captain Rex. I because he even said like the, the these two gals that I know told me you'd be here. Oh, okay. <clears throat> okay. And I don't remember the two the the the, the the two sisters from the last episode with the the, the droid. But to to find now the connection between Rex and the sisters, because again, uh, no, yeah, because they got a connection to Ahsoka. Yeah, but it was prior to Order sixty six. No, yes, yes, it was. It was prior to Order sixty six. 
that they had that they met. Oh yes, because Order sixty six took place at the end of the at the end of the season. Season, you're right. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I didn't care for either of those girls anyway. So really, yeah. From from the the last episode with the clone. No, from the the Clone Wars. Oh, okay. The the, the, the last they. They were there right before they had the whole thing with Maul. Yeah. And I just didn't... They seemed like they were nothing but, like... Wharf rats. Yeah. Uh, But they seem to be playing now, and uh, they seem to have gotten, because of their connection to Ahsoka, and that that they've gotten involved in the uh, Rebellion. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see. You know they're going to die. Horrible deaths, because everyone in Star Wars does. At least lose an arm. Yeah. Good episode. Uh, it wasn't. It was like I said, it, it, or like you said, it was the one we were waiting for. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was expected. I mean, we had to get to this point. Yeah, where these yeah. guys are free and clear of the chip, and they're they're f- free to pursue whatever they want to pursue, type of thing. Although I do like the way Sid's like tying them down. Yes. I, I, the, well, the, now you owe me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do. And the, all the different fees and everything, and yeah, and fourteen. It's like they bought into a timeshare or something like that. What the fuck? <laughs> but they've, they've done time well. Because now it's become a tradition after the uh, missions to get checks mixed. Checks <laughs> mixed. <laughs> but they've had, they should, they were paying for 14. Yeah, so yeah, they've yeah. said that they've gone So they've on gone on seven missions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or 14 missions, depending on if they just split a bag. Or in record. Well, it's every charge, it's hard to say. Hard to say. If they've done it 14 times or they got gotten 14s. You're arguing numbers on the number of... Oh, God. Doesn't... I'm going to argue numbers all the time. I'm the numbers guy! He's going to. But I do like her character. So when she betrays them, eventually, as she will... Yeah. You know it's coming. As she already has. And we're just going to find out about it later. Yeah, she's going to set them up. Send them on Either she's going to set them up or she's not. But we're going to think she did. Or they're going to think she did. Or they're going to think she did. And then they'll find out she didn't. And then she'll sacrifice herself to save them. Because everybody in Star Wars dies a uh, horrible death. Or loses an arm. (laughs) Or loses an arm, then dies a horrible death. Yeah, you could do that too. Could be, yeah. A lot of that happened. Nobody ends well. Except for, uh, I guess, Yoda. Alright, so you like this episode? I did. I did. It's still it's still catching me. I'm still excited to see the, the show. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going, oh, God. This was a nice little personal episode, not a lot of yes. large-scale was, action or whatever. Yes, other and than, I do like those smaller cool guest episodes. Star, guest starring Rex. Yeah, and then you get Rex. I love when you get, um, it gets old when they do it every episode. Yeah. But you get you get these powerful little, like, Rex showing. Yeah. And you go, oh, Rex. I love Rex. Rex is so cool. I want the action figure. All right, um, Keith. What'd you think? I I enjoyed. It. I'm still enjoying this. It, it's like I said, so much better than the other first seasons. Of... Yeah, Filoni probably learned from his mistakes that he realizes this this ain't, this ain't a kid show. This I, is. A I lot actually of... think that's the difference because it's not playing on regular TV. It's on the app, and and so you, and it's not made. And for... you know who you're playing, who your audience is. Yeah. Now. All right. Well, we're still digging this one, folks. Let us know if you are. Tune in next week, Same Geek Time, Same Geek Podcast for all new, all different material. Thanks a lot for listening, and hey, keep on geeking on.